Welcome to the Powerhouse Podcast, the podcast where we delve into the world of inspiration, motivation, and creativity. My name is Tomo, and I'm thrilled to be your host. In this show, we will explore the brief but powerful moments that spark creativity, drive motivation, and bring joy to our lives. From successful entrepreneurs to everyday people, we'll hear inspiring stories and perspectives on how to cultivate positivity and achieve personal development. So whether you're looking for a boost of energy in the morning, or a shot of inspiration in the middle of your day, or a reminder of what's possible, tune in to the Powerhouse Podcast and let's ignite the fire and turn our dreams into reality. What's up, guys? Welcome back to our show. And today we're talking about the future of work. That's right. Future of work has been discussed quite a little bit in the recent history. Uh, well, since we went through a pandemic and well, a lot of things happened, a lot of things shifted online. And uh, well, for many people, actually, even the nature of work changed, right? We went into hybrid work, someone online work, sometimes in the office. And you can see that there is some level of tension between the people who actually lead and the people who are employed. Is that right? Uh, many of us also went into uh, self-employment, all right, because it just became easier to do that. And, um, you know, the way how we how we arrange ourselves while we create value in our lives uh, has become different uh, has changed and that's why also we have a conversation that has opened around what could the future of work look like often it can be helpful to imagine the future first and describe it very well before we actually go there so um, today I would love to talk about that and hopefully by the end of this one you will actually have something in your hands with which you can either reduce the amount of time that you work while still creating the same results or even better results. Uh, or if you are a leader uh, that has a team, hopefully you'll be happy to see uh, whether you're doing something already right in the right direction, or if there's something that you could do better uh, in order to actually keep your team, make uh, and create a culture that really attracts the best talent, uh, right? And so let's talk about that. First things first, um, Four-day work week is some of the most recent things that came in uh, across in the UK, especially. Uh, right, they they rolled that one out. It was a test in different countries, but in the UK, they recently rolled it out for like more than a hundred companies, and it was basically positive results throughout. Now that wasn't really surprising to me because, uh, well, we've been kind of increasing our productivity since 1910, uh, and since then we actually could have already reduced our work time to 10 hours a week if we wanted to by creating the same amount of results. But we didn't. We just kept working more and we create, kept creating, producing more. And uh, well, through that, we have also produced a lot of trash that we also didn't need. So it was about time to really slow down, uh, to slow down to the pace of life. Uh, interestingly enough, four-day work week is a fantastic concept. And uh, the reason why it became a four-day work week and not a three-day work week or anything else was because that was the easiest to do for companies. It's not because that's the smartest thing to do. It's not. Uh, it's because it was the easiest. It was easiest for employers to still feel some level of control uh, and still feel the safety of, all right, this makes sense. To be fair, in many businesses, uh, the revenue is also measured by the actually days they spend, the days they have open. That's especially true for retail, right? And for any kind of shops that are basically dependent on people visiting restaurants as well so for those guys 100 uh the rules are different right so i'm not speaking here necessarily to that 
However, for everybody in the creative industry, <clears throat> um, you know, whether it's a four-day work week or if it's a two-day work week, actually wouldn't matter that much. Or it, it actually wouldn't matter a lot. Uh, but a four-day work week is a, is a direction and a, a step in the right direction. Now, what can we take from that? Uh, first of all, I've been actually experimenting with that myself for quite a while. And I've managed uh, at some point in the last two years, I managed to actually reduce my work time to 20 hours a week. Now, important enough, while I was doing that, I wasn't actually trying to just work less. That was not the point. It was about, about efficiency. It was about seeing how can I actually do the stuff that really matters and uh, that actually would possibly, you know, move the needle forward. And uh, based on that, I really tried to make that happen. Uh, and, you know, I mean, that started to work and it started to be, uh, pretty incredible because as you reduce your time that you're working on stuff directly, let's say on the computer and stuff like that, you actually have more time to think. And often it takes some time, uh, you know, to for inspiration to really strike, right? It takes some time for like the right idea to come up. Uh, and I would love here to talk about, you know, uh, how you can really reduce your uh, time that you uh, spent on your own work, even if you're a business owner, if you have a one, one man company or one woman company, uh, how can you reduce that to 20 hours a week while maintaining the same level of quality, the same level of service um, and the same level of commitment, right? Even if you're employed to your uh, boss or manager or anybody who's basically supervising you, how can you help them actually appreciate that uh, so that you don't face uh, any sort of backlash from that, right? Because there's some level of insecurity uh, around less work from the side of the employers, um, right? Because <clears throat> of course, uh, it's not a very well understood concept so far, let's put it this way. So here's how you can really design and start, uh, you know, reducing your time uh, that you spent on working while maintaining a high quality. So as you get started, uh, quick disclaimer, uh, some of these ideas, or actually many of these ideas, come from um, the book Essentialism by Greg McCown. Uh, Essentialism is a fantastic book. It really kind of brings it down to, uh, well, the tagline, basically, which says it all. It says the disciplined pursuit of less, right? And how uh, less is essentially more. For those of you guys who have been overworking, uh, which was me before, uh, you will actually appreciate that quite a bit. So get that book because it will make the difference. One chapter in that book is, uh, its title is The Decision That Makes One Thousand. The One Decision That Makes One Thousand Other Decisions. And I would wonder, is there anything possibly in your career, in your life, where you can make one decision that actually makes 1,000 decisions? How would that potentially look like? Uh, for me, I'll give you an example. Uh, it was like 2018 and I made one decision. And that decision was I actually decided on what my one of my core values would be. Uh, that, that core value, uh, I called it playing fallout. And I decided that what it means is that I will give always 100% and ask for what I want unapologetically. Now you see how that plays in. Uh, I would go around uh, and I would basically... Uh, ask myself, hey, should I do this uh, or not? And, uh, you know, for example, I, I was going to go to a different country and, and work from there. And I was wondering, should I do this or not? And what I really did is I actually went, right? I gave 100% in my job and I asked for, uh, you know, uh, going to a different place without apologizing. And it totally worked out because uh, I delivered on it. Now, obviously, this can go also the other way. 
but usually there's always some level of risk involved and often risk makes life fun, right? As long as it's not too risky. So this one is a fairly easy one, right? You can make a decision that makes a thousand and that value kind of kept carrying me forward, for example. In this case, uh, whenever something would show up in, in business, uh, I would say, hey, you know, um, is that something that I really want? If yes, let's ask for it. Great. Uh, so I don't have to ask for every single, I don't have to make a decision on every single item. It will be an automatic hell yes or hell no. Now, at the same time, um, it would also allow me to always give 100%, right? To ask myself, should I do more or less on this project? It would always be 100%. So <clears throat> that decision really made a thousand. And that's actually how companies in many cases really help uh, everybody else make decisions, right? Without core values uh, in a company, what often happens is that the the decisions um, become the bottleneck of the company. The CEO usually becomes the bottleneck in the company because they will have to make a lot of decisions. And if they have to make too many, then people would wait on that decision-making, the company would slow down and so forth, which is why whenever the company grows and scales, it's so important to actually implement things like a vision, like core values, like a proper culture, because those automate decisions, right? That's the one decision that makes a thousand decisions straight up and makes life easy for everybody who is not, uh, you know, uh, a CEO, for example, but is an employee. Um, so you can do that for your own life. You can simply, uh, you know, look at what are your core values. And I'll give you a quick framework on how to do that. In fact, actually, I'll link one of my books here in the, in the bio so you can check it out. It has a pretty amazing exercise of how you exactly can do your core values. Not the usual style. Uh, I have just a tiny bit differently uh, because it took me a bit like 10 or 15 times to actually find how to exactly do core values so they work for me. Uh, so check that out and see how you can reduce your time. Now, second to reducing time is actually tracking time, right? So most of us, especially when we go to hybrid work, we kind of mixed everything. We mixed life, we mixed home, we mixed family time, and everything got mixed up. And so we never knew how much we we're actually working. I've talked to many people when they're like, hey, I feel like I'm working 60 hours. And they would say, I feel like I'm working 80 hours. And somebody would say like, I, I feel like I'm working 40 hours and never really knew how much they were actually working. They always would feel a certain way because it depends when you're on and when you're off, how often you check your phone and when you're, you know, how often you don't. However, if you would track your time, you would know. Uh, there's a tool for that. Uh, I use, there's many free tools for that. I use Toggle, for example, and I would just track my time. Uh, every time before I start a particular task, I would start tracking that time. And then I would stop tracking it. And when after I stopped tracking it, I would stop the work. So... Uh, that has been uh, pretty helpful because it showed me pretty quickly that I'm actually not working uh, so crazy many hours. I was working, you know, effectively only a certain amount of hours. And I noticed that actually at some point that if I started working beyond a certain amount of hours, in my case, it was 30, actually, if I went into deep work, deep focus work, more than 30 hours a week, I would actually start making mistakes and it would start to become more of a problem than actually a solution to anything. Uh, so I decided to actually keep it uh, low for the sake of everybody involved, um, myself included, right? And for you, that threshold could be different, uh, but in many cases, uh, this happens, right? We start making actually mistakes, we start creating problems uh, without the need for them, just so we feel better. Now, why is this happening? Uh, the reason why this is happening is because uh, on the manager side, right? There's a certain level of 
um, need for control, right? And you see that currently because people invite their employees back into the uh, back into the offices and they want people to come back to the office. And the only reason why why managers want people back in the office is because they feel a lack of control. That is the only reason. They feel a lack of control, and this is the only way they know of how to actually regain that control. Now, funny enough, even if people are in the office, you can't really guarantee that your employees are giving their best, right? So that's not really a way to make it happen. Sure, it's, you know, you have a better interaction. Sometimes life can be better. Uh, in fact, most CEOs want people back in the office because they spend a ton of hours in the office before and they used, used to like that. They used to love that kind of lifestyle. And so they want that interaction in the office, right? So that's a different motivation that's still super valid, right? Uh, at the same time, um, if it's really about control, and much of it is about control, uh, some others would uh, employ, um, you know, tools that kind of uh, track people's uh, what they do online and what they what they do on the laptops while they're in hybrid work and stuff like that. And frankly, if you're doing that as a manager and as a leader, if you're tracking your people's time, uh, you already lost the game, right? It's, you're basically losing the game. Why are you losing the game? You're undermining trust. If you're undermining trust. You know, your company is basically slowly going down to shit, to be very honest. So in order to gain trust, because once you build really good companies, they actually have trust. That trust is gained through transparency. Uh, transparency can often be, you know, a little edgy and uncomfortable. And yet, the more you go the transparent way, the more trust there is. Because when people understand each other, they trust each other. That's right. One of the ways you can really bring trust into your company is through um, a dashboard, something that is like fairly, you know, open to everybody in the company where people can see, okay, what are the goals we're working on? All right. What are the uh, goals we're achieving? Right. What is happening? Where? Who's responsible for what? It's very simple dashboards. So you could implement literally um, on any sort of Google uh, or Google spreadsheet or any sort of Excel sheet, anything you like, in fact, um, can work. Uh, one of the famous methods that work are OKRs, right? That's what Google used. And uh, we've done it many times with clients and works fantastically. So OKRs are a fantastic way to do that with objectives and key results. Uh, but implementing this kind of dashboard can be really helpful for you to actually build trust with um, your partners, with your partners, with your employees, with anybody. Now, what about work time? Back to work time. Okay, imagine like we would uh, reduce the work time and everybody would start working only 20 hours a week in your company. How radical would that be, right? And what would that mean? What would that mean? Um, to be able to do that, there needs to be some level of ownership, right? And normally there's uh, an agreement that's being formed around that. And that level of ownership means that people still do, um, you know, the most important thing. There's still people do what really matters. As a manager or as a boss, what's that one thing for your business that really matters, right? In many cases, we would say, oh, yeah, totally revenue it is. But it's not always revenue, right? Uh, we don't start a company for the sake of revenue. Even if it was for the sake of revenue or for the sake of money, we actually seek money for another sake. And that's usually freedom, right? So how can you create more freedom? And isn't it interesting that when we reduce the time we work on something, we actually create free time and we create that freedom that we initially seeked in our lives anyway. Uh, so I hope that gave you some brief moment of inspiration. I hope this uh, short conversation about the future of work, where we could be headed, uh, really inspired you. And to leave you with a short kind of 
you know, a vision of the future of, of what I would feel would be a great way of working in the future. Imagine everybody, yes, would go down to 20 hours a week and we would still earn the same or we would basically earn uh, enough that is, you know, that helps us have a good life and everybody would have the chance to have that kind of life. Um, and imagine when you have that, what do you do with your free time? <laughs> the thing that many people are pretty bad at. Um, but what if that free time was used for social activities in education? What if there was a university or some sort of educational institution that actually you know, gives you a space to explore life's avenues even beyond your 20s, even after universities. Well, that's being it for today. Uh, thank you for joining us and uh, I'll see you on the next show.